From runasradio.com, you're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number 773, Governing Your Cloud VMs Using Azure Auto Manage with guest Fomala Schmidt. Recorded Monday, March 15th, 2021. Run As Radio is produced each week by Sound Thoughts LLC. For more information, visit soundthoughtsllc.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio. Thank you, Brendan. This is Richard Campbell. Thanks for listening to Run As Radio. My guest today is Fumala Schmidt, who is a senior cloud ops advocate at Microsoft, focusing on Azure and hybrid environments for IT professionals. And previous to that, she worked in systems engineering and architecture roles, building and maintaining systems that included Microsoft Exchange, she is the exchange goddess, as well as collaboration technology, virtualization, storage, and backup. I got to think you're happy to be at Exchange today with the Hafnium exploits going on. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, um, yes and no, right? Yeah. Because as IT professionals, technologists, we kind of get a thrill <laughs> on like going in and fixing this, yeah. right? At the same time, we're like, oh, no, oh, um, man. you know what? I, I'm going to check out. It's like we want to do both. We want to check out, but we're, but we're like, yeah, you know, I'm going to pull that all nighter. We're going to we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna patch these servers. No, I I am. I empathize with my fellow exchange. I have an old exchange server, a 2013 one still running in my rack. I mostly moved to the cloud. I had to patch it. It it managed Good. to it got swept by the stage one exploit, but my split DNS I think confused the stage two, so I was able to patch before it got any worse. Um, then you know I took it offline for a while and checked it over and came to the conclusion. No, I think they poked at me and didn't get any further. So all patched up now. But uh, you know earlier uh, in the month I did shows specifically around this because it's very serious. It's uh, it's not a fun. It's bad. It's bad, bad. Four zero days at once, complete uh, arbitrary code execution. It is bad. Yeah, it is. It's not a. It's not a good time uh, to be an exchange engineer administrator. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, um, it's fixable. Yeah, it's fi- and you know anything's fixable. Just like anything is possible yeah. and doable. It's just a question of how much paving you're going to have to do to get it to, to get it buttoned away. Uh, and yeah. uh, you know, once again, we have that moment where it's like, hey, you know what's great about the cloud? Some of the best security people in the work, world working on this problem all the time. So you don't have to. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we've had another night. Last time we <laughs> talked, which was in the before times, uh, we actually did that yes. show before not at Ignite. We but we saw each other. That was in 2019. We were talking about Azure Governance. And then we saw each other at an Ignite in person. The old, you know, with with uh, 25,000 of our closest friends, which she literally gives me shivers now. Like, wow. Yeah, I can't we, imagine. It, 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 yeah, same here. I think about it and I'm like, gosh, it's, that's a lot of people. You know, like you were walking <laughs> through the expo hall and yeah. you're bumping into people and it, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, waiting in lines, packs, and nobody wearing a mask. That's crazy. Yeah. People are sweating and they're sweat. I'm smaller, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone's taller than me and their sweat's dripping on me. It's like, oh, this is just like, <laughs> oh, Orlando. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. The before times just, um, it is, it's weird <laughs> thinking that yeah. we did those kind of things. Yeah, I didn't think anything of it. Time. Yeah. It was not a thing at all. But we, and since then, of course, all the Ignites have been online. And the, and the last one was just this past March, March of, uh, of 2021. Uh, and it was interesting. I mean, it's, I'm used to, you know, one big Ignite a year. Now this sort of smaller ones happening at more intervals. Uh, but of course the cloud's moving so quickly. There's so many new products. I guess it's worth, we can talk about them fairly often. I know I talk about them almost every week. So I, I like the fact that we, we have done two virtual ignites, but mm -hmm. at the same time, I feel like, um, this is just my own personal opinion. Nobody else's, especially the company I, I work for, mm -hmm. uh, with the pandemic and the times that we are in being online 24 seven, literally, right? Yeah. Because you're, you're online for work, but then your personal life, you are online. Yes. Uh, because that's how you're meeting up with your friends for happy hour yep. or, you know, meeting up with family members. It's through Zoom or Teams and it's sort of an overload when we are going to virtual conferences and we're learning uh, online. It's this is my personal opinion. I feel it is a lot to absorb Yeah, uh, because we did dump a lot of information out there too. There was a lot of announcements, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in, in both shows uh, back in September in this March. And um, yeah, it's, it, it's a lot for people to handle right now. And it was a lot for me. I mean, it's great, but again, it, it's like, okay, I got to do this online. And um, the good thing is we can do it at our own time too. Yeah. At our own pace, we can absorb this information um, when we want to. I've also consciously done it at different settings. So, I mean, I do my family Zoom calls in the kitchen on an iPad rather than in my office. But I, I've also gotten to the point now where I, I turn, I set up another station in my office for learning that was kind of away from the regular day-to-day -day commute conversations and the, and the podcast recordings and things like that. Just so that I, it sort of reminds me I'm in learning mode. Like, it's time to focus on this. A big thing with that machine, I set up that machine. It has no pop-ups on it. I use it for writing, but I've also found it's a great, when I really want to learn something, that's the machine I use, the non-noisy machine. Yeah, it's, I've, I pretty much, I've been sort of wanting to do the same thing there. Mm -hmm. um, when I do the, the personal get-togethers, yeah. I do kind of take my laptop and, and kind of go to different rooms and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and try to try to keep the professional stuff in the office. It do, it does help, uh, but then again, it's it's still that electronic device, and um, it, it's. I think after a year, I'm feeling. Um, what's the word? Online fatigue, <laughs> like it, it's really. Yeah, screen fatigue as a whole. I think everybody's a little tired of screens at this point. Yeah, uh, never thought it would happen. <laughs> well, when when it's your life, yeah. like that is how you connect with people. Mm -hmm. And when you are isolated, you know, and and you're making, you know, you're, you're social distancing. I guess that's what when we're distancing from each other. Yeah, uh, it it 
it does become fatigue and, mm. and it's challenging because people need people. Yeah. This year has shown that we need people. Yeah. More uh, than you humans do. Need, yes. Humans need interaction. Uh, we've seen the negative effects this has had on, on our young people, uh, on people in general, our humans. Mm-hmm. A lot of us have suffered depression yeah. because of the isolation. And uh, myself, you know, I, I struggled for, I'd say, half the year because when you're used to being around people and now being around people isn't a good thing. Yeah. It, and you're limiting who you are around. Uh, it, it is a struggle. Um, and you find out that, gosh, I really can't stand my family right now because <laughs> I just, <laughs> I'm seeing them all the time. Oh yeah. my gosh. You know, <laughs> turns out there's limits to all of those things. Yeah. You know, and, and you miss your, your coworkers. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and I miss hugs and things like that. So yeah, it's, it's definitely been a challenging year. For sure. And there is hope though. Yeah. Well, There's definitely hope coming. We're coming, to, coming down the path and, uh, and things are improving. And we've also gone through a remarkable set of transformations. Like this movement to the cloud has been astonishing. How much work has gotten done in the past year? Because oh. it kind of had to be done. We needed to keep working. It was, uh, you could tell organizations that went before, right? They're right. like, yeah, we're, we're, do- we're going to do the cloud because, you know, we got to be prepared or this is, this is our strategy moving forward. Mm-hmm. The companies that were still kind of slow and not quite sure or were apprehensive. Um, it was like, yeah, instead of dipping, instead of dipping my toes in. Well, they just dove head first, yeah. you know, or, or they got pushed in. Yeah. And I really felt for the ones that got pushed in. They got pushed in the pool because they had no other choice. Yeah. When March 15th came, it was like, okay, everybody work from home. Yeah. You know, it's, it's mandated, right? All the governors said, you know, we're, it's a state mandate. Well, companies, what, what, you know, all, I felt so bad for the, for the IT folks out there. Yeah. Um, the one setting up the laptops and, and Citrix and remote desktops so that their employees can work. I mean, scaling up VPNs. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, they're just, I talked to folks who were jerry rigging stuff. Yeah. They were packing up the desktop workstations because they couldn't get enough laptops and shipping them to the employee homes. Like that's, yeah. that's I mean, what they, it took. It was, uh, they were doing whatever they can to make sure that the employees, you know, their users, the business users, we're still productive, yeah. still able to, you know, do work and make money <laughs> for the business. Yeah. And it, it's uh, total props go to all, all the IT professionals out there that pretty much uh, held up their companies yeah. in terms of keeping things running smoothly. Those guys deserve um, a drink, whether it's an alcoholic beverage later. <laughs> <laughs> Or non-alcohol, but they, they definitely deserve something when this is done, yeah. um, you know, more than just a pat on the back. I mean, they, they've really been showing that IT is is more than a cost center. Yeah, it's kind of essential to business. It's certainly been an overarching conversation on the show has been this, you know, you've kind of got a table, at, you've kind of got a seat now at the table of management. You're an essential part of every business that's still succeeding. Uh, and we, and we have to continue to get better too, because the you know mm-hmm. there's some benefits to getting to the cloud. There's a lot of technology here that can make your life easier if you can learn the new ways to work. Yeah, it's it's definitely um, it's it, it, I believe it's it's changed 
management's mind too, the ones that still yeah. thought IT is a cost center. Yeah, if you so weren't sure that IT was essential service, you you got persuaded this past year. <laughs> yeah, th this year changed a lot of minds. Yeah, a lot of things thinking differently. Uh, one of the announcements coming out of uh, Ignite, it's been going on for a while, and I think it's really interesting, especially for folks that did the rapid transformation, did a lot of lift and shifting of VMs. Is this Azure Auto Manage? When, what is your relationship to this tool? Auto Manage. <laughs> um, it actually just falls right into our realm, our, our space. Mm -hmm. From an IT pro perspective, um, you're managing your infrastructure you know, your servers, your VMs, um, all the managers just like, hey, instead of having to do all this manually, all this patching and maintaining, it can be automatically managed. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> exactly what it says, <laughs> right? What a great all name. <laughs> I, I know. And finally, we chose, and <laughs> we're, yeah. we're choosing names that actually make sense. Yeah, who are <laughs> you? On, like, oh, yeah, like Azure Auto Manage. Hmm. That probably means I'm auto managing <laughs> your Azure resources, in particular the VM. So, right. uh, yeah, I, I love the fact that they they chose a great name. I mean, it, it's it just it does what it says. What what the name is? Yeah, it, it couldn't be any more clearer than that. Um, you know, with auto manage, it's think of it like I, so. Back in my systems administration days. Mm -hmm. Patching, all, all that good stuff. Dare, dare I say Keeping SCCM, the operating system up to date, right? Yeah. SCCM and um, SMS. The, yeah, I mean, uh, back, back in the day, that, that was what we used, right, for, for on-premises. Now, having all the managed, to me, I, I don't want to say it's the replacement, but that's what you, this is what you would use when you are in Azure. So this is a path we're on, essentially. Yeah, because you're, we're managing and it's more than, you know, what SMS and, and SCCM did, right? Mm -hmm. Because now, um, with all the manage, we have hot patching. And this is probably my favorite piece about this. Um, you can patch your VMs, your Windows VMs mm -hmm. live without having to do a reboot. Like, what? How sweet is that? Yeah, how? <laughs> They, they've got to be, it's got to be true. You know, it, I mean, generally speaking, you know, you look at a Windows server the wrong way, it needs to be rebooted. So now, so yes, we, we are all our documentation. All, yes. You can patch without having to do a reboot. It's, you know, the, the hot patching. Now, let me take off that Microsoft Cloud Advocate hat, right? Right. And put on, put on my systems administrator yes. hat. <laughs> The, put on um, your put on that tinfoil hat and look at this side weeks is like what's the catch um i'm still actually playing with this mm -hmm. to in my eyes i want to break it i want to sure. beat it <laughs> i i want to do things that i would do out in the real world you know in production um and so yes you you, you can hot patch but i haven't been able to um, find some patches that I can put on the machine and that would require a reboot that would make things kind of funky. Right. Because we know, we do know that certain patches do make servers, Windows servers go, hmm. Yeah. No. I don't say haywire, may maybe a little off. Yeah. A little and, more and serious. 
Yeah, where where you do need a reboot and um but you can still get by, right? Like yeah. let's say let's say you're you're throwing your patches down um later on, like maybe in the afternoon. The server's not gonna fall over, but maybe no. in the evening you can do that reboot if um when when traffic is low or down completely. But typically when I've seen really scary patches, it's been more driver stuff and vms don't have as many driver problems as bare metal machines do in the first place so a lot of that is already gone but once in a while you get a sort of fundamental os patch you know something big where it's like the machine will be different after this patch and that one would scare me more and and i feel like those are still going to be that there's you should take it offline for this yeah yeah, there's always going to be those strange caveats uh especially if you're you're messing with the os but um, for the most part, yeah, hot patching. And because it is so new, um, and it, it, it is in, the, because well, it's public preview, um, and it's new, it, it's, I think we're going to find more about it as more people are using it, testing it. Um, we're going to see more of the capabilities. And I presume under the hood, they're doing something like switching it over, switching the OS over to journaling mode. So they're just writing a change log while they do patches on the on the or even build a patch version of that VM elsewhere and then move the workload across and and roll up that change log to it like i could see some voodoo like that the same way you do hot migration between servers with VMs yeah i i believe under the covers it's a little bit more voodoo than than i've been able to get into since the <laughs> announcement it's only been a what week and a half um al- right. almost almost two weeks so I, ha- I have been very digging new. into it, um, but I have not been able to go completely under the hood um, to find out exactly how that VD magic sure. works in terms of, uh, is it, are you snapshotting it from the behind, you yeah. know, f- from the original and then reversing forward. So there's all, there's all different ways of doing it too, since they are VMs. But, but the point being that the services that Microsoft operates on Azure like Exchange Online and so forth, get patched all the time with no downtime. So they've obviously had these mechanisms working uh, internally, and now it seems like they're making them available to us um, for our own virtual machines. Yep. Okay, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This episode of Run As is brought to you by SQL Intersection, back at the Swan Hotel in Orlando, June 6th to 10th. You've heard the SQL Q&A shows we publish on Run As twice a year from SQL Intersection, That is a microcosm of the five days of awesome learning available to you from the real-world consultants and members of the SQL Server team that speak at the show. Learn proven problem-solving techniques and technologies you can implement immediately, as well as insight into the future of SQL Server. Get answers to performance monitoring, troubleshooting, designing for scale and performance, working in the cloud, and exploring all the new features of the latest version of SQL Server. And if you still have questions by the end of the week, join the closing session of SQL Intersection and be part of the SQL Q&A show on Run As Radio. SQL Intersection is at the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin Resort in Orlando, Florida, June 6th to 10th. Use code RUNAS to get a discount on your registration at SQLintersection.com, and I'll see you there. And we're back. It's Run As Radio. I'm Richard Campbell. That's Fumala Schmidt. We're talking a little bit about Azure Auto Manage, and we got hung up on the hot patching because it's absolutely the coolest thing. But I'm sure there's other stuff that AutoManage could do for us. Like I'm really thinking in terms of self-service VMs for dev and testing that I could 
set some stuff up around that? Yes. So we also provide you the ability to from a, so with all the managers, you can also apply policies with that. Mm -hmm. And then when you're creating VMs, you can actually do the all the manage through the portal creation of a VM in the very beginning. Right. Instead of having to do it via um, any arm. arm templates. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is when I, when I want to let test build VMs, I set up. A, I'm responsible for a set of arm templates with very specific guidance on what they're allowed to create, how long they live, and what rules they have. And so, which also means I have a steady request from test to modify those templates as the apps are evolving, what they're testing evolving. This seems like I might be able to mitigate some of this with more policy related configuration. Yes. So you, you can apply policy, but then you can go all, do one-offs. So we've, we've given the ability to expand how you utilize and, en- and enable all the manage. Because hmm. prior it, it was ARM templates, but now, like I said a little bit ago, um, you can do it via the portal. Right. During portal creation, which wasn't possible before. So expanding the ability to enable all the manage. Mm-hmm makes it more versatile as well because yes if you do have uh, an environment where you've got your um, developers spinning up test machines via arm templates whatnot um, you, you probably have specific settings and templates just yes. for the, those scenarios but then you may have one-offs that don't fit in that category sure. well you, you also have this huge ripple effect when a major patch comes out all those templates need updating like it's you know, we, we end up with a bunch of stuff that's not available while we're catching up with patching production and so forth. By the time I get down to my dev and test templates, it's been a few days and people are grumpy. Yes, they're very, very grumpy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, just like the exchange admins, right? Yeah. There's never been an exploit like this for exchange and I, and I feel for those guys and I hope there's never one like that again. I don't think AutoManage would have saved them. This is a bad, bad breach, right? Like, what are you going to do? So, uh, I guess if we, we could talk about the the, the template, mm-hmm. the template configurations, by being able to do the, or applying the auto-manage, we're pretty much optimizing operations for those administrators in terms of, okay, um, here are the VMs that got deployed from the, from this template, or they're from portal right but since they're all the since they're auto manage those settings and policies um those you know updates um the monitoring the secure all that right just applies right based right. off what your best practices are and what your policies are it makes the deployment easier in terms of um from a governance standpoint yeah yeah, so if I change a security policy, I don't have to ripple it through all these ARM templates. I change the policy at the auto-managed level, and anything, any VM being created inside of my tenant now has that policy applied to it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, powerful. From, from, a, from an auto-managed perspective, yeah. Because it, it, using, using the policies with that, it, it's just, you're more efficient. Yeah, I'm trying to it, find the. I'm trying to find the right word. For no, no, that. totally. But it's uh, like you're not hunting how through. To use optimize, you know. Yeah. But uh, it's optimized, but it's also you're working more efficiently because you are reducing um, the administrative overhead in terms of having to 
manually go into each machine or template. Yeah. And, and that's exactly it. So if you get these comp, these N plus one problems is that as I have more templates and I have more policies and I have to ripple them across all of these different templates, it just becomes unmanageable. So, and, and who has time to be an expert in all this stuff? Like the idea that we, we will have great policies presented to us is this is a really great way to lock VMs down for this purpose and that we would be able to simply institute that as a policy rather than try and figure out where it fits. Uh, or spend less time trying to figure out where it fits. That's pretty powerful. Um, just Windows or what else? What all this is, is supported by? Oh, yes, yes. Another announcement was Linux. Linux. What a weird world we're living in. <gasps> yes. So Windows and Linux, which is huge, right? Yeah. Because normally you think, oh, I'm patching Windows servers. You don't patch Linux. Yes, you do. <laughs> sure you do. Absolutely. You, yeah. You, you, you've got, you got to patch any, you know, all your servers, um, even your Novell servers that you're not running in Azure, right? <laughs> but I'm sure there's some Novell servers that are still running out in the wild there. Um, yeah, you, you still have to, you know, um, update and patch your, patch your servers if they're coming out with patches. I don't know if they are anymore. It's been a while. I think the last Novell server I touched was like 10 years ago. Um, and I think the company is still running it <laughs> right now. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, having the ability to auto manage Linux servers is another huge step in terms of um, efficiency. And is that across the flavors too? Because I mean, different versions of Linux get different patches. Um, we do have a listing of the, the specific flavors that we do support. Right. Uh, CentOS seven three and above. Probably red hat, a, probably a flavor of red hat. Yeah, I mean, there's so many. Yeah, Ubuntu. Yep, Ubuntu. I'm sorry, um, Ubuntu. Saying, saying yes. Yeah. Yes. Don't get the names wrong. It's important. Uh, but yeah, it's all. All they're all part of that process. So then, that's an interesting idea, just in terms of. Wow, you know, I'm just thinking about someone who's used to administering Linux servers, and we're coming at them with, a, "Listen, we have a GUI that can help with administering your Linux server." <laughs> yeah, so so yeah, so with the Linux servers, we're providing um all the meds for monitoring. Um there are also um Azure Security Centers included with that, the update manager yeah. as well, and then there's change tracking and inventory, um the guest configuration, the Azure guest configuration, which is uh part of the guest configuration policy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which uh, are settings that determine the configuration for your specific machines. Um, so th those are specific services that are tied to the Linux offering, right? On the managed. That, that's very cool, and it, and of course we're realizing more and more that this is a normal array of infrastructure in the in the cloud now. Is you'll have some Linux servers, you'll have some Windows servers, and the idea that we'd have a unified environment for handling all of that. Um, but what about backup strategies? Does AutoManage have backup as well? Like, is it is that fall into its category? There are some settings okay. that can be utilized with the AutoManage service. Okay, the Azure Backup service. Yes, there, 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 there are some configurations. So you're able to sort of specify. I include this in a backup group, like whatever backup system you're using. I got to do more shows around Azure Backup solutions because there's too many. Yeah, that that portion I've not dived into too deep yet just because like you said there's so much oh, there's no, so much services and feature set that 
to be honest, to have one person know everything yeah. is absolutely, um, I'm going to say ridiculous because <laughs> we release new stuff. Oh, it's every week, every week. And yeah. it's just incredible. The amount of new releases and services that we're constantly uh, releasing that I can't keep up with. Sure. It. Um, I've got teammates saying the same thing. So we, you know, and you guys work for I the think, company. <laughs> yes, we work for the company and I've learned to be successful is to focus on just a couple services right. there. Therefore I don't like, <laughs> I don't drive myself crazy trying to know everything Yeah. because it is absolutely, I, I'm, it's impossible to know mm. everything, which then makes the whole ability to all the manage, right? To, yeah. to manage as an administrator, if, if I, if I wasn't um, working for Microsoft and, and I was a customer, it is very overwhelming Yeah, because it's not just spinning up a VM in Azure, but what about all those other services that I normally would do on premises? Like you said, backups, right? And their security and the monitoring of my servers and the you know, the the patching of it, um, all all that we gotta take into account when you are in Azure. So mm-hmm. having the ability to tie in those different services and uh, with all the manage really helps. Yeah, it really helps you work more efficiently because now yes, you do have to know a little bit about these other functions. But when you're on when you're on premises in a customer world, for the most part. Um, Especially large organizations, you are in different teams, right? Mm-hmm. The, the patch, the patching team is not the same team as the security team. Um, you know, your the the backup team is usually just the backup team, unless they're building with the the server infrastructure team. So, having that one person know all these different um, services, it's it's a lot. Yeah. So the all the manage really ties all that together because you may still have different silo teams working on these specific services, um, even if you're in Azure. But with all the manage, they can still manage them. Um, I don't say siloed; they can right. still manage them independently, somewhat. But I'd- all the manage kind of it ties all that together, so it's like one you know, sort of one location per se. Yeah. No, I, I think that's sense. just having an inventory of all my VMs, knowing that I have to give permissions for a certain number of people to create a certain number of VMs at any given time. Hopefully they're cleaning them up. Maybe they aren't, but to, to be able to overview the landscape of the virtual machines that my organization is operating right now and, and who owns them and where they live, like that's not that easy to do right now. Well, because a lot of times you get, uh, well, Service brawl, right? Whether sure. you're in the cloud or on premises, service brawl happens. Yeah, it just does. Same thing with re or resource brawl, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, with the cloud because people are spinning stuff up. Yeah. They're testing. They're in dev. They're in QA, but they're also in production. Mm-hmm. So there's so much going on that yeah, you're going to have sprawls of all these different resources and services. Uh, so having having the ability to inventory. Yeah. Having to build the inventory, but also tie that into all the mesh is great. Yeah, I'm thinking instrumentation as well. Like, can I set a policy that says insights is turned on? Like, that you're going to show mm-hmm. up in my logs as to what you're doing, yeah. who's accessing you, and so forth. So maybe I can start build some rules to say, hey, show me all the servers that have not been accessed by any other resource in the past week. Like, who's using these things? Yeah, so 
it it just kind of ties everything together for mm-hmm. everyone. So it's not one, like you said, right? You're not going through every individual item. Yeah. And, and you know, the guy that does inventory or the gal that does, in, you know, when she's doing her inventory of resources, um, they're not going through every single thing individually. It, it's all a, like a cohesive um, setting. Yeah. Within a, Whose VM is this and what is it doing? I like being able to answer that question. It's it's one thing to just have an inventory of all those VMs, but to just know what's in those VMs, how patched up those VMs. Like, how do I keep track of all of that? You want to do inventory VMs. Hmm. God, because Resource Graph is a whole nother. Let's just forget that one. You want to let that go? That, That's another show? Yeah. I'm gonna, I'll put this one aside and go get another show on it. Yeah, because that one actually... Resource so that resource graph actually searches your whole tenant right on all resources that you have in Azure. It's awesome. And see, this is it, it. So it's, but it's just like a searching tool. Right. It's not like the inventory management or anything. Um, and it's based off the the Custo query language, mm-hmm. and you're just basic. You're basically querying Azure, your tenant, right, for so. specific items like you're like you're just searching for i'm looking for vms with um using blob storage right and it's gonna spit out uh here are all my vms using blob storage it's like it's a it's a it's a query tool right right which is different than inventory management because inventory management you want to have some activity on that. You want to be able to organize them and make changes to them and so forth. This is the problem. I don't say this is the problem, but. Well, it's also what it means to be in preview, right? We're still getting here. So this this is the thing with Azure because there's different ways to getting the information that you need. Mm-hmm. It's almost like running a Windows server. <laughs> there's multiple ways oh, yeah. of getting to the same goal. Um, it just determined. It, it just depends on how hard you want to work, how simple how simplified you want that the, the answer to be, right? Oh, you right. want to go the long way or you want to go the short way? Yeah. Everything That's you want to know much. is in there. You just can't find it, right? Like, Yeah, because there, there's multiple ways of getting to that information. True. It's like driving on highways in New Jersey. Yeah, I mean, so I- inventory management. You can still use the inventory management uh, service, but you can also use querying. Right. And, and same thing, you know, um, yeah, it, it's so like... That's really inventory management probably isn't one we want to, because I'm going to start jump. That's why like I automatically start jumping into the right. um, Azure resource graph because I know that. All right. So I'll unwind this a little bit and we'll go back to, I just want to know what VMs I have, what patch state they're in, you know, and let you take it from there. Okay. So that's where the update management part comes, comes into in. play. Okay. And is that actually part of auto manage or is that just... Or is that it's uh, it's a service that's tied into it, right? Right. There's other there's services that pull in that work together with all the managed. Okay. Well, we should talk about let's let's get let's get into that because I think that's a good thing to talk about. Is it because some of these tools have already existed, but now auto manager sitting is a higher level to help you know when to use those different yes. tools. Okay. Yes, that it's all the managers. It's like that. It's the it's the person that says okay. You want to do all these services. You want to do configuration management. You want to do change tracking inventory. You want to do log analytics, backup, security, monitoring, updates. You can do it all. 
I'm going to manage that for you, right? We're we're gonna it, it's it's that higher level uh, tier that kind right. of pulls all those services together. Okay. For that VM. So let me let me say get back in here and we can get turn this into a wrap out of the show too. That, that this is what this thing's going to do. All right. I, you know I'm just keen to have a view of all the VMs that I have. Some people, you know, there's different people that are allowed to create them. And then I just want to know the state that they're in. How are they patched up? You know, somebody else made it, but I'm probably still responsible to patch it. Uh, what kind of administration tools do I have in auto-manage? So you would actually go into update management. Okay. From a, to, to determine your patch level mm -hmm. then, because that's where your patching is going to be. Um, coming from right your the configurations for your patching levels that's going to be within update manager cool. just like the the security settings that you're applying from security center all those settings are coming from there Interesting. because because all, all the managers on the top there's there's a diagram that's really great to show how all that kind of works for all the managers in the middle and then those other services are spokes on like pointing in. Right. Cause we've had Azure security manager for some time or security yes. center, but the idea that like we've had these other, we, yeah, we've yeah. had the, these other services, right? We, we've had update management. We have change tracking and all, all these services, mm -hmm. monitoring backups. They've all been around, but now we've taken that um, together. Yeah. Higher level and of abstraction to sit yes. at the level of, this is all part of auto management of virtual machines. On different operating systems. That's awesome. Windows and Linux, four, ver four versions of uh, Linux flavors. Wow. And so still in preview, so we don't have any sense of pricing or anything yet, because it is literally brand new. We're just at the beginning of what AutoManage will do. Yes. Uh, public preview. Mm -hmm. So test it, play with it. I would not put it in production. Right. Now, I, I could see snapping this around a set of dev and test VMs. To, to see if it can, if it helps me to, uh, to, uh, yeah. make a difference. There. If you, yes. If you're, I mean, if you're, you've got production, mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't put this in production. I, I, I'd create like a, you know, a test area. Right. Or apply it, or apply it to your test area and see how it's working. Yeah. You know, I think one, one of the problems you have when you have this dev pro dev QA cycle and you're using ARM templates for VMs is when they finally get a version that have to go into prod, you're immediately concerned about is that operating system fully patched up? So the idea that I could use a tool like this so that every time they do an iteration, it's on the latest build of Windows with the latest sets of patches in place no matter what. That to me is very compelling. That means we have a better dev test prod cycle. Oh, I'm pretty excited about that. That would be something I want, but it is early days. We're just learning what this can do for us. Yes. Well, I'm excited for one. I've got to take this thing out for a spin. This is pretty cool. Take it out for a spin. The more people that use it, uh, the more the more people that use it, they're going to find uh, features they like and don't like. Right. And by providing that feedback, yeah, the product groups can make this a better product. This is what public previews are for. Fumala Schmidt, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Great to chat with you. It was great. Thank you for having me on. You bet. And we'll talk to you next time on Run As Radio.